Medics, assemble! I am Vedic Collinson. And I am Vedic Excited, and this is the Vedic Assembly. Yes, uh, th I, there's a reason why I am very excited. Very, very excited. Shall I tell? Shall I? Yes. <laughs> we have a Kai here with us today. A very, very amazing Kai that we are both huge fans of. And we would now like to welcome Kai, Dr. McCormick. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, I think I should have held out to be acknowledged as one of the prophets. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done that. <laughs> now I think of it. <laughs> darn it. Darn it. Well, we could do it. it, it we could do it again. I mean, it's, it's all right. I'll, I'll elevate myself in my own time. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. You will ascend. Uh, eventually. <laughs> So, uh, if you don't know who Dr. Una McCormick is, then why are you listening? I mean, really, how can you not know? How can you know Trek and not know Dr. Una? Um, I've been a big fan for quite some time. In fact, I would say that I, 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 it's not that I would say I do say, on regular occasion, you are in my top three favorite authors oh, of all time, and also much. of Trek, because every time I read anything by you, you capture the voice. Especially if you're doing any existing character, you capture the voice of that character so perfectly, so brilliantly every time that it just, it's, it blows my mind, really. Well, that's really kind. Thank you. Because we try very hard to get the voice right because we, we know these characters really matter to people and they matter to us. You know, we're fans as well. Uh, so getting the voice is really important. So thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Because I love your books. Thank you. I would. I would say the exact same thing. Um, you just managed to get the the voices of the characters and of the world, but while still very much having your own uh, as an author that shines through. And I just, anytime I pick up one of your books, it just grabs. It's wonderful. And it's just such an honor to have you on the show. That's really kind. <laughs> Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm really glad we managed to get it work because we're, we're dotted all around the world. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah. We're in about a thousand different time zones. So I'm really, really, really glad we got it to work. <laughs> so am mm. I. So am I. Very, very, very happy. So, Nick, uh, I know that you had a great outline for what we're going to talk about today. So I will let you just take it away. All right. Well, um, while we are uh, sensibly a, a Deep Space Nine podcast, we don't like to uh, limit ourselves only to talking about... Um, DS9, uh, because uh, Una, I know that you have a new book that's just come out. Um, so would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, this is uh, the autobiography of Mr. Spock, and um, it's the, the second of these autobiographies I've done. Uh, edited, I should say, that I'm, I'm on the cover as the editor. So uh, Mr. Spock, of course, has written his autobiography. It wouldn't be an autobiography otherwise. So uh, the conceit is that I'm the editor. Uh, and um, the last book I did was Janeway, Captain Janeway. Uh, and uh, yep, yeah, so it's a, it's a story of Spock's life uh, from his point of view. Uh, he's telling it to Picard for reasons that become clear, I hope, in the course of the book. Um, and we've tried we've tried to cover everything. We sort of started with um, uh, Discovery. Um, you know, we go as far as uh, the movies, all the way through the movies, go as far as Picard. We go through the animated series. We even managed to get that in, cool. <laughs> which we knew was a favourite. So we really wanted to touch on kind of baby Spock, that little Spock episode. Um, the other thing really we, we don't sort of go into is only because it wasn't out really is Strange New Worlds. So, mm. uh, but, but hopefully the, the spaces are there for this to work with Strange New Worlds when it finally comes out. So, uh, yeah, one of the harder tasks I've set for myself, but um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was really good fun to write. Yeah, I have I I'm ashamed to say that I haven't had time to finish the book yet but every time I pick it up yeah I can't put it down for a good hour well that's good that's good you've not got to the recipes yet <laughs> no I haven't gotten to the recipes yet but it's just from the moment I started it and I started it actually while I was waiting for my car's oil to be changed and so I'm sitting there in the uh, waiting room and then they called out my name and said I was done and I'm just like 
okay. No, fine. another 10 I need, minutes. <laughs> I, I need about a half an hour. Can you do this? It's just, it just immediately sucked me in. And it's, uh, it's just, it is one of those things. Again, you just nailed the voice for me because I've been a Trek fan since before I could understand what Trek was. I was born into it. My family watched it together all growing up as I was growing up. And so, and he was my favorite character very, very early on, even though I wasn't even sure what a favorite character was when I was five yeah. years old, but I knew that he was my favorite. <laughs> so yeah. I can, I can just very confidently say it's, it's like, it's Spock's words. It just is. Well, it's a great relief because obviously it's a, like you say, it's a character that really, really matters to people. Uh, and you don't want to get it wrong. You just, you, you don't want people to be thrown out of the book or feel like they're alienated from it. So, uh, um, I love Tricycle. I, I loved being with that voice. It's a very calming voice, uh, which was great because it was the middle of lockdown and I was on a very tight deadline. <laughs> so for, for somebody in the process to be feeling very calm was, <laughs> was, was good. <laughs> I haven't had the chance to um, start reading it yet, unfortunately, but I did recently um, uh, I listened to the audiobook version of the um, autobiography of Catherine Janeway which was an amazing experience to, you know, have it read by um, Kate Mulgrew as well, which was just like... Um, the captain herself, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was a really great experience. I mean, that was pretty... When the the publisher emailed and said, oh, she's agreed to do this, it was, yeah, pick me up off the floor, you know? And she's been lovely about it on Twitter as well. She sort of tweeted about mm. it and... Um, you know, is, has been great. She's really promoted it and just been really kind. So uh, I think she's got this ethos of kind of lifting up uh, other women. So um, so it's nice to sort of be lifted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so cool. I, I don't think there's anyone who turned down being lifted up by Kate Mulder. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> adorable. Adorable. Do we do we want to move on to um, Enigma Tales, or can I squeeze I, out the way to the stars? I I think Brandy, you you can squeeze about the way to the stars, because I love that book too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I uh, for the first time in Star Trek, I saw myself represented on screen in Tilly, because I am a curvy girl, got the hair. <laughs> And I used to be a redhead long, long ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm me, not that anymore. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, born a redhead. Born a redhead. So, yeah. And and also I'm awkward. And sometimes I talk too much, especially when I'm nervous. And uh, other times I don't talk at all. I had confidence problems a lot growing up. And so when this character came on the screen, I'm like, oh, my God. I feel seen. I feel seen. <laughs> Yeah, she's and lovely, so, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, amazing! Uh, that's another one of my dreams is to meet Mary Wiseman. I have I have met her husband, um, but have not quite yet met Mary. But um, yeah. So when the book The Weight of the Stars came out, of course, I I actually got the physical copy. I wanted the physical copy of it, and uh, I read it in a day. Not even joking. Oh. <laughs> Started in the morning, finished at about probably about eight p.m. and uh, my husband was gone for part of the day, so I couldn't, because I'll stop and make him listen to my thoughts about a book that he's never <laughs> read. I'll do that to him all the time, and he's so kind about it. And uh, But yeah, and I'm like, oh, I really need to take a bath. Uh -huh. Well, uh, got the physical copy. I'll just take it in with me. <laughs> sat and read in the tub for an hour. I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I had to find out what happened next. And and I have to say, uh, you again, just nailed the voice of Tilly so perfectly. And it made me laugh. And it made me cry and it just made me love Tilly even more. And I love when she almost gets a reference from the book out in season two of Discovery about this one time when she was 16 and at school and she, and then she gets cut off. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. I know. It's always really exciting. It's always really exciting when that happens. Well, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Tilly's very dear to my heart too. I was very similar. You kind of think that Tilly would be a Star Trek fan, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely, she would. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I yeah, I love trying her, and uh, she's she. Yeah, you just want her to be happy and find mm -hmm. her tribe, and you know, stop making these awful mistakes, and 
trust her own instincts and stick to her guns and she does she learns how to do it and you know she um she faces down her mother and is really brave and and I really I think we really wanted a book where you know I I, I think often um it's tempting with with Star Trek books to it's it's always the big battle or you know it's a you know um multiverses that threaten you know in threat of collapsing this kind of thing so to have a story that was you know in in the great scheme of things is very small stakes mm. but for Tilly it's her whole life you know uh everything that happens to her is 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 critical in this um I I hope it was just a really refreshing change for people and you don't often get to see a 16 year old girl as a protagonist of a Star Trek novel so um you know and it's about time yeah. <laughs> it is so. about time and the yeah. fact that it was Tilly first just yeah oh, and yeah. it was the I'm... kind of the kind of book I wanted to read when I was 14 and, you know, flipping through science fiction books and going, well, that's all very well, but it's nobody like me. So uh, I thought it was time I, I wrote one. And, and it, it's a letter back to yourself, isn't it, at that age, going, look, you've got to write them. That's <laughs> 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 pretty cool. Mm. So uh, so I'm really good. It's a, a very it's very dear to my heart, that book. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, it was also very dear to mine. Good. Oh good. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. And <laughs> I am so happy that I managed to get through this whole section without crying. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, lovely, lovely Noah is reading it, uh, has been reading it on Twitch. Yeah, it's oh. just been incredible. So um, <laughs> it's doing a fantastic job of it. It's just, yeah, well, okay. Wow, that's really exciting. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's, he's wonderful. So, um, yeah. That's so lovely. The Way to the Stars, I, again, uh, one that I listen to on audiobook, I tend to do that a lot uh, when I'm at work. I was That was actually when I was kind of coming towards the end of my PhD, so I listened to a lot when I was in the lab uh, doing long hours working with um, aphids and seedlings <laughs> of ryegrass and doing all sorts of uh, weird insect work like that. <laughs> one thing that I found about it that I loved is it grabbed me in a in a similar way to um the way that Ursula Le Guin's work does um because of just how rich and real the characters oh, gosh, felt thank you to me. wow my heroine I I mean one of mine as well um yeah it was it was not oh, all incredibly kind I think it was not all that long after I read the um mm. Left Hand of Darkness for the first time and you know very very different books and different themes and ideas but just something about how real the the people and the characters felt in it you know it felt like i was actually reading proper conversations between real people um which is something that i feel like some of the you know star trek novels and kind of like licensed fiction like that can sometimes miss you know when when people are writing in a universe that already exists yeah, I guess this comes back to, you know, how you find the voices of these characters so well. And it's not just about, or it, it yeah, re, act, finding their actual voice and not, you know, the, not just the more kind of surface level idea of it. You know, some people might have this idea of Picard and it's all about just like Earl Grey tea all the time and sounding very sort of like stuffy and British, even though he's French. Um but yeah, I definitely feel for that you know, your your writing you seem to get the deeper layers of all of these characters. Oh, that's very kind. I was a fan fiction mm. writer originally, so uh and of course fan fan fiction writing is is all about wanting to hang out with these people more. Uh so uh so so that's where I started. It was, you know, there I was scribbling away um my Deep Space <laughs> Nine fan fiction. Um and you know, somebody invited me to to write for the books. That's how I started doing them. Um, so hanging out with the characters was was what I wanted to do and what I enjoyed doing and, and just imagining being with them and imagining what they felt or um, what they would do in a particular situation but thank you for saying Le Guin who I, I really love and Left Hand of Darkness they're so intensely mm. felt um, those two people uh, you know you live every yeah. second with them it's funny to think of you um, doing your PhD listening to this when I when I was doing I, I rather than finish up my PhD, I wrote, uh, well, at the same time as I was um, finishing up my PhD, I wrote Hollow oh, Moon. Wow. So I, I was doing Star Trek during my, in my <laughs> PhD as well. <laughs> so, 
So uh, that's what I did. And also, it's great that you were you were doing stuff with aphids whilst uh, Tilly is sort of discovering her well, inner that's... scientist as well. <laughs> that's really good. Stick well, I will it, say that. Um, <laughs> so not only was I working with um, aphids, I, I am you know an entomologist, but because of you know the interconnectedness of of everything in science and biology my project specifically was looking at the interactions between aphids and um fungal microorganisms in the the grass that they're feeding on so yeah there i was working on aphids and fungi <laughs> reading about you know tilly getting into her astromycology so it was <laughs> oh it was really great well i hope i don't of course if i've my my PhD is not a proper science. I'm a, I was a sociologist, so uh, I'm always winging it with the science. But uh, I, I, I think I get away with it more or less. <laughs> I know mm. scientists. I know what they're like. So uh, uh, I, I know the way they talk. I taught engineering students oh, cool. for a very long time. They were um, engineering undergraduates. So, so I, I, I really enjoyed their company. I really enjoyed their kind of um, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of clarity of thought and. Uh, uh, you know, they don't take any yeah. nonsense. So, I, you know, I'm teaching them sociology and they're going, come off it. And I'm going, no, listen. And they go, okay, mm. yeah, I can see that. So there's a kind of practical uh, uh, side to them uh, and a lot of playfulness as well. Uh, and and they they just seem like prototypical. They're like the prototype of, of Starfleet Academy, I think. They're very, very yeah. smart young people. Um, so I got very fond of engineering students. So a little bit of them went into um, Tilly's Tilly's team as well yeah. her tribe that she eventually meets with her engineering uh, club yeah uh and i think um yeah and and then later when mm. she's on her dad's ship and i think um it goes back to what we were saying before i think you know um if you're a sort of uh uh shy slightly geeky adolescent who you know is maybe a bit into star trek and that kind of thing you just gotta i think you end up waiting just a little bit longer but your tribe does turn oh, up yeah. eventually i think uh and that's that's partly what tilly's book was about it might not be there at 12 or 14 or 16 mm. or even 19 but it does turn up it really does turn up when it does it's yeah. they're, they're magical yeah. they're always magical so um so that there's a little bit of that in there as well yeah and we'll just because you mentioned um her, her dad's ship the dorothy garrod i will mention one more thing before we move on to actually talking about the ds9 books um <laughs> as an australian and especially as someone who you know i like to even though i have no indigenous heritage myself i like to do my very best to try and uh be a good ally to the indigenous people of australia and kind of uh promote better representation thank you for the character of captain yindi holden she was really cool yeah she's great isn't she um my my last phd uh students very 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 talented uh, I, I taught creative writing a very very talented uh um indigenous australian writer uh and i said i'm gonna i'm gonna put a character in the next book for you so um so i did <laughs> um and my my student just got her phd she's just um uh, uh she got she's got a phd Wonderful. in creative writing and she wrote a uh, a, a novel set in the marvel cinematic universe um and um wrote a sort of critical uh critical exegesis on top of that so i think it's a i think it's a first of its kind phd uh, she's a phenomenal, phenomenally good writer, uh, a really, really talented writer. So I hope you're going to hear yeah. more, more from her. So that was a sort of um, that was a promise to her. I made us. We're going to we're going to have a we're going to have an Indigenous Australian captain. God damn it! And uh, there she is, Yindi Heldon, captain of the yeah. uh, the Dorothy Garrett. So great, good. I'm glad you really liked that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love that. We'd love to see more. Um, love to see some. Um, uh, Maori and uh, Pacific Islander people getting a bit more um, representation in Star Trek as mm. well. We've got a lot of uh, family in New Zealand, including people of um, Maori and Pacific yeah, Islander yeah. descent. Absolutely, absolutely. As, mu uh, uh, as much representation as possible. Affirm these yes. futures. Yep. Oh, yes. Yep. Because it took me about two and a half years to realize this. And actually, no, yeah, it was about two and a half years because we were in season two of Discovery at the time. And I'm like, oh, yeah. My mother's maiden name is Tilly. Yeah. I'm a Tilly! <laughs> it's fate. It's, you're fated. <laughs> I, I know. It was just, I don't know why I never made that connection well, before. Well, next convention, cosplaying as Captain Killy, please. 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, straightening my hair is such a pain in the butt, though. Oh, it's the worst. It takes like an hour. (laughs) But it's a thought. If I could find, if I could, no, I'm not talented at sewing, so I'd have to find someone to make me an outfit. It's a thought. It's a thought. Yeah. All right. So, um, shall we move on to um, Enigma Tales? Just another uh, book that just really, really grabbed me as soon as I picked it up. Um, yeah, I guess the first thing I'd like to ask is, so... It's it's nice to talk about the... I've not told you about the Cardassian books for a while. Yeah, I was wanting to ask about that. So, um, because, you know, obviously the all of the Star Trek novels uh, are this one kind of long-running continuity, so I'm not sure how much of it is you know, the the publishers saying, you know, please write us a story to fit into the continuity here about this or how much you get to come up with yourself. But what was it that sort of drew you to, you know, writing in that that situation, you're writing about Cardassia post-Dominion War and, um, you know, focusing on characters like Garrick and um, Natima um, Lang? So uh, the end of DS9 was a big shock for me. Uh, I, I, I found it really hard to come to terms with. Uh, the kind of destruction of Cardassia and Paul Garrick's little face as he finally gets home from exile and the whole place has been burnt to a cinder. And really, I've I've kind of been writing through that trauma ever since. Um, mm. And part of writing that through was, um, I, so I, I, I mean, I immediately sat down and started writing a ton of fan fiction. That's, like I say, that's how I got into the books, got commissioned for the books. Um, but as I, as they kind of came back and sort of asked me to do more stories, uh, I thought, well, I've got so, um helps to remember the show isn't on air at the time. So we did have quite a lot of freedom. There really, the books are where it was happening. And I, I realised after a little while that I'd started carving myself this this niche of writing about Cardassia and really thinking through what it would mean to have to build uh, a, a civilization back from scratch. You know, they, they've lost millions of people. The, the place has been torched. And Garrick says, you know, so the best minds, the, the whole generation. And to think through what that would mean, um, not just in terms of putting buildings up and, you know, um, uh, uh, feeding people, but also I think Cardassi would have to do a lot of soul searching about what it had done in its past, about what mm. the occupation had been like um, and that the, what had happened um, in their leadership towards the end, that it, they'd ended up um, sort of, you know, uh, putting a torch to their whole civilization. So it's a very, I mean, it's a very European story. I think, you know, where the, the Cardassians are sort of given to us as as kind of lizard space Nazis, you know, we're meant to kind of uh, take them as that. Um, so, you know, it's a, 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 remember, you know, I'm writing in the 90s, um, the Berlin Wall has just come down and uh, it's, a, it's a very contemporary story to mm. watch, uh, uh, you know, a country bringing itself back up. Um, so that really was what I was what what I got interested in, uh, and um, I think there was I think there was probably one more book. I, I would have liked to have done one more book, I think, um, but the the, the 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 book sort of verse is is wrapping up now, or, or certainly that that's kind of iteration of it. Um, but I I think there was probably one more story about where Cardassia went. Um, mm. It's all in my head. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in a couple of years, I'll I'll sort of go through it at a convention or something, but I would let we'll let Coda get through. Um, but that, but that's really what I what I want to do. And then, obviously, of course, I wanted to write about Garrick, who I just adore, and um, you know, I find an incredibly interesting character. Yeah. So uh, I, I wanted to write about him as much as possible. And I, I just found that you know um, they were happy to commission these books, and I got got away with writing them for much much longer than I imagined possible. <laughs> one more, one more would have been nice, but uh, you know, that's what can we do. <laughs> I was doing spot books instead, so you know it's not all so bad. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I t- that's that's what I really wanted to do. I think as well, I'm a big fan of um, a writer called Lois McMaster Bujold, uh, who's a mm. science fiction uh, and a f- fantasy writer as well. And she's done a fantastic uh, science fiction series called the Volkosigan series. And that's, I mean, we're talking about um, 15 or so novels and, and novellas and things. And that's all about a, a, a world bringing itself from being a kind of um, fascist dictatorship to a, a kind of progressive politics over the course of about 30 or 40 years. I mean, it's an incredible 
book series. It won the first uh, Hugo for best best series uh, when they started wow. giving that Hugo. So um, if you've not read her books, I mean, she's really incredible. And and anybody who loves kind of character work will just adore these. She was a Star Trek fan and a Star Trek a, a Star Trek fan fiction writer. I think she's her first novel is called Shards of Honor, uh, and I think mm-hmm. it started as a it's about um, uh, 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 cap- two captains on opposing sides of a war. And it, it started as a Starfleet officer and a Klingon captain uh, <laughs> crashed on a planet mm, together. Nice. Uh, and then, she, you know, she, she kind of retools it for her own universe. Uh, so I had this kind of model of, of, a, of a series of books that were tracing political change across a, a generation. And that's sort of at the back of my mind what I, I wanted to do with the Cardassian books. I more or less, more or less, got there. I think not quite, but but nearly. <laughs> yeah, I just think it is such a a fascinating thing to uh, to dive into. Um, yeah, this idea of of a a society like Cardassia to have gone through what they have of you know being the oppressors and having such a strong sense of nationalism and to be so brought low and yeah, how do you build back from that and how do they build back to something where they you know that's better than they were before and i did really love i think you know possibly my favorite line from it is uh yeah garrick talking about visiting earth you know talking about how much he he loved paris but he knew berlin yeah 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 yeah. it's a city he'd recognize i think um Garrick has that really interesting line, even when he's he's sort of standing in the ruins of Cardassia at the at the very end of his last scene. He's sort of saying, you know, our our literature, our music, our art was, you know, amongst the best. Even then, I think he can't quite bring himself to, in his mind, Cardassia is still the sort of uh, the best that there can be, and mm. they would have to kind of come back from that and sort of understand that um, it it hasn't been the best. You know, it's 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 ended in their near self-annihilation and, and that would be a, a you know a whole generation would have to sort of admit that and uh, and work it through um but um i'd, I'd like to think they'd get there <laughs> hope so yeah i would hope so too one can hope mm. yeah that's that's another one of those things where it is not easy to get garrick <laughs> right others may have tried <laughs> but but once again you'd have that thing that you do and it was just i heard i just i heard it when i read his words because you just do it you just you just keep doing that how you keep doing that you're so well, good I at did, it but i think this is i think this is testament uh to the actors to be honest because they 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 really inhabit these parts and and it's and it's because of their performances and the lines are given but but really their performances actors are pretty magic they're real magicians uh and a really good performance you you just can't put that character down it's sort of uh, you, you ponder it and you, you, you think, well, I've got all these examples of what they would be like on screen, but what if the situ- this, what would they be like in this situation? Or I've, I've never seen them interact with this particular person. So mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the fun things to do, any fun fiction writer does this, is, um, you know, what, what, would, what would Garrick be like? We haven't seen him much on screen with, um, oh, I don't know, what, what, how would he and Kira treat each other how, after Zial died, for example? You know, because they both knew her so well, but mm. are, are not exactly best friends with each other. How would they would would they find any commonality there? And it's a real these are real fan fiction questions, yeah. Um, but but they're because they're because performers like Andy Robinson and Nanavista are so amazing. You just you just can't put these they get under your skin. You just can't put these characters down. Uh, so you want you want to spend more time with them, um, and those voices speak very clearly. I hear the voices. <laughs> that's good that's good so yes another thing that i wanted to kind of ask and bring in which goes into kind of the the character drums and what you were saying about bringing in you know different people and having different interactions what was the um inspiration or kind of the 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 drive behind um bringing uh dr pulaski in uh to that story I, I thought she was well, I, wonderful. I've done a book with there. her in already. I can't remember what it, which one it is now. Is it the? Is she in the missing? Is that one the she's, missing? I yeah, I think she's in the. I think she's in the missing. Um, 
and I just I think it was a it, it was a friend of mine who really loves Pulaski uh, and said what I'd really like is I'd, I'd like Pulaski to do like a, a murder she wrote yeah <laughs> uh, and I went I'm absolutely here for this so uh, we did that in um, I, I pitched it I thought never, this one's never going to fly uh, and they they commissioned it. That's incredible, brilliant. Okay, and once I got Pulaski going, I thought, okay, well, what's the next thing I do that will really entertain me? Uh, I'll send her to Cardassia. You <laughs> 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 can hear me, hear it. my joy, uh, and just make her really. Uh, Garrick just can't. Garrick isn't allowed to kill her. not allowed to do that kind of thing anymore so it really was a case of I think you know after 25 years having Garrett creep up on me and tap me on the shoulder and freak me out I thought I'm going to get my own back on you I'm going to send Catherine Pulaski (laughs) to make your life incredibly hard and just be really annoying um so I, I love her. I think, uh, 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 you know, a, a woman of a certain age. Who did, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Am I okay? Absolutely. 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 Just looking at Russia, make sure my kids are here. She doesn't give a flying fuck. I mean, she really <laughs> is not caring about you or your, you know, I mean, she just doesn't, you know. Um, so uh, she just she just gets there and, and does her thing um, and winds a few people up. But at the same time, I... I uh, what I like about her is that she's uh, she's frank, she's fearless, mm. um, she's got integrity, um, she's uh, she's smart, uh, she's dogged, um, and I, she's just great fun. So um, so so I loved I loved writing. I think she gets really bad press as well. And I, I'm always pro the underdog. Mm. Um, you know, and um, yeah, she's got so I think she's got some tricky stuff. So they have to give her all that stuff about um, uh, um, all, all that stuff with data. Um, she's sort of voicing what the audience really is asking. So this kind of, you know, the stuff that's quite tricky. But the way I sort of wanted to play it was that, um, you know, uh, she was just great fun to be with. I think if my um, letter, my own devices, I would have I would have had her marry Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Just to torment him, uh, but uh, uh, you know he accidentally ends up married to her because I think they'd be like a, I, I think of a like a screwball comedy. Yeah, it's a some Nick and Nora. It's like the Thin Men. Um, so I just I just thought it would be. Uh, I, she's she's a great character having a story because she kind of digs in and hmm. does stuff. Um, you know she gets she gets into the thick of things. Then I thought sticking her with Garrett would just, you know, I, I would enjoy myself at least. And, you know, that's <laughs> part <laughs> most of the battle, isn't it? Um, you know, if I'm enjoying myself, chances are the, you know, the reader's going to have a bit of fun. And um, yeah, that, that's why she that's why she ended up there. So uh, and, and people seem to have enjoyed it. So I can't complain. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I absolutely adored having her with Garrick it was like one of my most favorite he's things he's furious about it absolutely furious because he's so great he's absolutely uh you know he can't he's 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 this public figure now he can't just sort of, you know, kind of lean onto the button and go kill her you know he's not allowed to do that anymore there's laws uh so um, <laughs> all, all he can do is kind of smile and uh um you know hope that hope that she just goes <laughs> But she loves it yes. there. She fits right in. She, uh, they, they really mm. take her to the, you know, the kind of scene that she meets really, uh, really take to her, and um, she really gets into their sports and stuff. And has a flutter. <laughs> it's great. I love every second of it. She's it's just, she's great. Wow. I had a tiny bit more story for her. I, I, um, the, the character she's traveling with, um, one of my original characters, Peter Alden. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I. Yeah, I, I had a bit more story for those two. Um, all, all here. Mm. <laughs> In the third book that will never happen. <laughs> you never know. Weird things can come about and yeah. they could come back to you and say, oh, actually, we need, this. We, need, we, need a, we need a coda coda. <laughs> mm. Yes! <laughs> we do need a coda for the coda. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to see that third book. I really. Well, would. it's all in my head. I'll, I'll I'll give it a couple of years, and then I'll sort of just 
just tell everyone at a convention one day, oh, this would have happened and this would have happened, this would have happened. <laughs> it would have been brilliant, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that. It would be interesting to see, and and I definitely hope that you would get the chance at some point to uh, to write a bit about, um, you know, what is happening on Cardassia in, you know, the newer timeline and, and, and at the, the point where, you know, Star Trek Picard is taking place and what's going on there. Because I find that I'm really fascinated by that era with everything that el- else that's going on with the... Um, you know, the Romulan star supernova and the attacks on Mars and all that sort mm. of stuff. You know, I have all of my own ideas in my head about what could be going on around yeah, Deep sort Space of changes Nine in that the, area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really changes the balance of power, doesn't it? So mm. uh, it's uh, it's an interesting... Uh, an interesting. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. But uh, yeah, I, I, Cardassi is never very far from my thoughts, I think. So, uh, although I've been on Vulcan this year, so who knows? You, you find yourself in all sorts of strange places. I never thought I'd write a book about um, about Vulcan. I thought I'd be too scared to go there. But, uh, you know, lots of other people have written so well about it, and about its culture, really fleshed it out. Um, so it's a bit scary, but, um, but yeah, you find yourself in all sorts of places. It's a great thing about this universe. I think there's, you know, lots of space. I'll never write a Klingon book. (laughs) 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 Not going to (laughs) happen. That's okay because there are plenty of Klingons. Yeah, other people can do that. (laughs) Yeah, you're just fine. fine. You can you can leave that. I can cope without that. Yeah. Yeah, I just I I just appreciate the fact that you wrote Cardassian books because I don't think there is much else out there Mm. with regards to post DS Nine Cardassia. If anything, I, in fact, I don't know if there's, I mean, maybe it gets a mention here or there, but to have books specifically focused on that is something that was very, very much missing from the oeuvre yeah, of the I books. think I was lucky. I, find an, I found a niche and, and people seem to enjoy it. So they, they, they kind of came back to me, um, which was great. I, you know, it was a really good run of just, just getting to, to write these books that I, I really wanted to write. Um and, and they were happy to commission them. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's happy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I had the chance. It's a, you know, it's, I, I think that must be really, really rare in French, writing franchise fiction. You sort of don't, don't get the chance to always get the chance to steer that much. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we were lucky. It was just a, it was just a, a great, we had so much freedom, I think, during that period. Uh, and the the other guys who were writing just sort of um, you know let let me get on with my thing on Cardassia Prime. I think it was easier than <laughs> attracting my attention. Just leave her to the <laughs> leave her with her obsidian order, guys. <laughs> so yeah, I've been very lucky. Mm-hmm. I think if I have anything else, as one other point, another thing again that I really liked about um, you know Enigma Tales and and your look into. Um, you know, life on Cardassia Prime in this era is that you also write it from a much more of a civilian perspective than obviously most of what we've seen of the Cardassians throughout the TV series has been of their military. And we only occasionally saw non-military people, you know, like the character of Dr. Natima Lang, who of course you brought back in. Um, so yeah, I, I personally love that. And, um, also, the inclusion of the uh, the people of mixed um, Bajoran and Cardassian heritage, I thought, was a, a really great addition to the story as well. Yeah, I think I think it's like way to the stars. I think once you once you get off the beaten track with a, a, a Star Trek story, mm-hmm. once you start dealing with the civilians, um, uh, it's it's like seeing um, Joseph Sisko's restaurant, isn't it? Or um, mm. um, Keiko O'Brien's school. Uh, I think it just becomes it it, it becomes the whole setting becomes much, much more enriched because most people aren't going to be on starships. You know, they're, they're going to be, they might, they might take a few trips here and there or, you know, see Vulcan before you die, this sort of thing. Um, but, um, you know, most people will be you know, living their lives and it's, uh, a, uh, uh, the Federation is a great place to live. Cardassia less. So we sort of hear little lines here and there about, um, you know, um, lack of food and, uh, 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 sort of disease breaking out uh, in the run of the show and you think well it'd be a 
that that's an interesting place to explore. Never Ending Sacrifice, one of my novels, re really goes into um, sort of what civilian life on Cardassian might have been like during the Dominion War um, and the run up to it. So um, I, ju I, I just enjoy I, I I don't have any military background. I, I, I'm, I'm not terribly well informed. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think I could write a sort of spaceship battle scene. Um, but I don't think people, I think people know that they're not going to get that in my books. They're going to get, they're going to get people drinking tea. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, they're going uh, to get shenanigans with spies. Yeah, gonna, you know, it's tea and shenanigans, I think is pretty much what you get there. <laughs> well, that's, that's perfect. I think that's I our episode title right stuff. there. Yeah, it's very, very Pulaski actually, isn't it? That's, that's more bourbon and shenanigans. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, excellent. And now I want to see a book come out called Tea Shenanigans. <laughs> a friend of mine describes uh, 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 Blake Seven, our favorite show, as uh, being a mixture of tinsel and nihilism, which <laughs> those sort of that is perfect. 1970s perfect. British science fiction that's uh, tinsel and nihilism. So, uh, which wow. I, yeah, so Tea and Shenanigans. Is <laughs> I have never watched Blake Seven, but I yeah, should it's look quite it up, it's quite dated now. But um, I mean, I, I love it. It's, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if you if you've ever watched Doctor Who from the seventies, it's very mm. similar. So uh, um, you'd be used to it. Yeah, I have I have watched Blake Seven, but I'll be honest, it's been about thirty years. <laughs> well, <laughs> but now now it's available on stream. Yeah, you probably got it on BritBox or so, something. Yeah, it's all it's all gonna have a yeah. life. You can see you can see how well it's aged. It's quite creaky, I think, but uh, I still love it. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because that's that's the era yeah. that I grew up in in sci-fi. Because I was born in nineteen seventy three, so I was the perfect age for Battlestar Galactica and. Blake yeah. Seven and Buck Rogers and all of those things yep. that happened right around the late seventies, early eighties. Yep. I'm more or less so. the same age, seventy two, so uh, exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seventies yeah. <laughs> babies. Hey. <laughs> These kids with their computer-generated graphics. <laughs> it's not. It's not Doctor Who if the walls don't move when you accidentally exactly. rub against them. You know? <laughs> One of the uh, one of the most enjoyable things of Blake Seven is hearing them kind of clomp around the wooden set. So uh, mm. <laughs> I think it's well worth a look. Nick. Take see if you can find an episode or two. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I was I think slightly different era, but also you know that kind of wonderful uh, British sci-fi stuff. I was a big fan of um, a lot of the the Jerry Anderson Super Marionation stuff when I was growing up because my mum was a fan of those when they were new yeah. and, and yeah, reintroduced yeah, yeah. me to They're them when I was a kid actually, in the 90s. That was 60s. Yeah. That yeah. was 60s, I think, yeah. Because, oh man, yeah, Thunderbirds. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and because of you and Liam, Nick, I started watching Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> So, cause yeah, it was on, it was on one of my streaming channels that we get. And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to watch Thunderbirds. And I just can't get enough of it. It's just it's mesmerizing. Captain mm. Scarlet's really solid, actually. It's got some pretty good scripts and things. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a little bit more, you know, they pitch a little bit, a little more growing. If you really want to uh, see their live action shows, um, if you really sort of uh, watch UFO uh, and um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Space, Space 1999, 1999. Course, yeah. uh, is another one to watch. Grew up with that too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, UFOs quite hard to go back to now. Yeah, mm. it's quite uh, it's quite dated now. UFO, I think it's quite sexist. It's a problem with sixties and seventies TV, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's all good fun. It's all very watchable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Martin Lando, Barbara Van. Mm -hmm. mm, yes, <laughs> I remember it well. <laughs> and it's on streaming too. Yeah, I can watch it's all that. <laughs> I'm gonna revisit it all. There's too many things to watch now. There there's are. Just, there's yeah. too many things. Yeah, I've got. It's a, but it's a great time to be alive to have this much choice. Mm. So yeah, I've, I really am. Not I've just ploughed through the expanse, which I uh, I didn't think would happen, but uh, I... so good. I yeah, I gave finish. it. I gave it a couple of goes. Uh, I really bounced off. Yeah, how season five? Oh, I, so I started it about five years ago and didn't get past the first episode. And I started again yeah. in, in June, and then it, it took me to the start of September to watch season one. And then I, I watched the next four seasons in three weeks. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Just pump it into yep. me. Yeah. Once you get it, you get, you get it. it, and really you just do. can't stop. Can't stop. I've started the books and now, onto the second books. Oh, I know they're yeah. so good. They they have so closely adapted the books. It's a really good job. It's yeah, and mm. yeah, amazing. Yeah, so um, and and Wes Chatham, who plays Amos, Amos is my favorite character. Of course, yes, uh, he, correct. He, he does. A, <laughs> yep. Yes. He does a podcast with Ty Frank. Yeah. Called. Ty and that guy, and they did. They started it as a reaction sort of dissection after each episode of season five, mm. and then they decided to go back and start from the beginning. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and so cool. they have now because of them, I've rewatched. I, I think I'm going to rewatch season one now and and see if I can understand what they were doing because it really is the most impenetrable start to a TV show ever. So it's like. It's like we're mm. really, really, really gonna make the fan base work here, uh, and then you you just get yeah. to I think the middle of season two, and you're kind of yeah, you're absolutely hooked. So uh, so I'm here. I thought I'll get through it before season six lands, and oh yeah, I've easily done it. So uh, can't <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> Me too. I'm just I'm so happy that it continued because yeah. when they said they were canceling it, I'm just like no. Oh, there's so much more story yeah, to tell. You know how many and, books and are? it's just gone exceptional. That that run of season two, end of season two, and into season three is just mm. absolutely. So yeah, I'm very hooked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I didn't know what to make of it at first, also. But then I am used to watching that sort of different sci-fi where they're not going to explain everything yeah. to you all at once mm. and make it simple. Yeah. So I, I've actually gotten used to that. And so I'm like, oh, it's one of these. Well, okay. I'll just, I thought, I'll, tell me your story. I'll let it wash over me. And at some point I will start to understand what's happening. <laughs> so it seemed to be, yep. and it seemed to happen. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I imagine it's, it, this is what it's like when you turn up in a, uh, in a, in a foreign country and eventually you start to understand what people are saying. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm really glad. I'm really glad to start with it. I, I do enjoy that a lot. Excellent. All the, right. See, um, we drift into tangents. <laughs> we do. No, it's good. I mean, I was just going to say, I enjoy that a lot with um, any kind of science fiction or fantasy story where you're, where you're not quite sure who's who and what's going on and you figure it out as you go through. You know, I'm reading through the uh, Broken Earth trilogy at the moment, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I think you know for me nk jemison is is up there with Le Guin, you know as my you know favorite all-time authors and without wanting to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't read it because i wouldn't want to but for me the moment when i sort of figured out the identities of the of the three different points of view characters in the first book was when i really started to realize oh this is getting really good yeah yeah and, yeah it's a fantastic world that she's created. Um, just trying to think what what else. I've, we've gone through most of the questions that I've written down. I did have um, uh, one other one, just slightly more broad. Um, and of course, if you can speak about it, or are there any other kind of crews or characters that you sort of haven't had the chance to listen to to write about that you would like to? That, that you're able oh, to talk about at least yeah i'd love to so uh i'd love to do the autobiography of kira um if they if they oh, ever get around to yeah. doing that one uh i just think that would be great um i someone else should do cisco i don't, I don't think that's my story to tell um hmm. but um uh i would love to do kira um i i just think it would be a she's just a phenomenal character uh, and obviously there would be Cardassians in it and Garrick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I, I think she would be to take her from kind of, you know, um, refugee kids to freedom fighter to, uh, Ian Patriots to bureaucrats to wherever, you know, she, she ends up to, you know, liberator of Cardassia of all things. Um, you know, it, it would just be a great, really great story to tell and to find her voice and how she would tell that story, I think would be, would be fantastic. Uh, so that's mm. the one I'd like to do. But my other thing that I've ticked off is that um, I've got a Firefly novel coming next month. Uh, oh. So, uh, so that yeah, that was my kind of big, the big thing I really wanted to tick off. So uh, at last, I've done a, a Firefly novel. So that's that's um, yeah. So in November, 
If uh, cool. I, yeah, publishing's a bit mad at the moment. It's really hard to get things print. Uh, uh, oh, it, yeah. Distribution's just a mess. Since there's two things: the pandemic and then the 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 ship in the Suez Canal has really sort of jumbled up distribution things. But um, but mm. it public it's due to be published next month. So uh, Firefly Carnival. Uh, so those are the things I, I really wanted to do. <laughs> wow. That's, That's really so cool. Uh, Firefly is a, a a franchise universe that I haven't been in for quite a while, but it would be really fun to revisit. Yeah, well, you can get through it pretty quick. So, um, you know, it's a handful of episodes in a film. Now. You probably watch it all in a day, to be honest. It's so boorish. Mm. <laughs> you just sit down and... That's it. I've watched for Firefly. There's oh, yeah. uh, a few good comic uh, uh, books. Uh, they've oh, done yes, some graphic the comics. Well, so it's, yeah, yeah, they've they're, they're they're really pretty good. So uh, there's some nice stuff there, and it goes on past Serenity, and hmm. you sort of see um, uh, Wash and Zoe's kid and that kind of thing. So yeah. it's there's some really nice really nice stuff in the comics. You get the Shepherd story as well, which I was sort of sad to get because I I kind of had my own version of that. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in my head but i'll bet yeah, yeah i'll bet your version was <laughs> oh, well i think so <laughs> i i bet it was yeah, but i bet it a, was he's a very garricky character i think so um mm. uh, i really love book he was it really it turned out to be really hard characters right actually it was the the one uh, the character for the considering it was the character that i you know really like in the show i really i found his voice incredibly hard uh and we we sort of went some uh, harder than i usually find a voice actually um so uh, hopefully that one's okay. The uh, it, uh, I don't think it goes into his point of view. Um, there's quite a lot of Simon who I adore. So he's so sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and completely out of his depth. <laughs> so um, I, it's a fun novel. I hope people are going to enjoy it. So not long now. You should be able to get it on Kindle. Yeah. So. Um... <laughs> cool. Yay. Uh, there's one other thing that I had. Mm. And... It may have been some time before this, uh, since this has last been brought up, but uh, let's talk about number one being called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And how that, how that first occurred, I believe, in the novel Desperate Hours. I think if so. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be the first discovery novel, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that was David Mack, as well. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah, very interesting. Suddenly, that we have a name. Yeah, I thought there'd been a previous. I, I, I thought it appeared in a different book, but I, I can't remember now. But they sort of. I mean, obviously, Una is is mean. You know, in Spanish, is is one. Uh, one. So that I, I think they kind of came up with that name, and then and then they said, oh, it's a nice, you know, homage to. Um, uh, our, our, our colleague as well so so there it was in the book and then they and then they they picked it up and put it on screen and it was like wow <laughs> okay there's <laughs> me sort of oof, torpedoed back into uh you know the very start of trek so i yeah I mean, obviously obviously it's completely brilliant so uh it's there on my twitter bio <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and then you know uh, anson mount saying my name i mean <laughs> can't complain so um no, it's, it, uh, it was just lovely. I mean, it, it's nice enough to sort of get a nod in the books, but then to have it sort of um, uh, put on screen is is just brilliant. <laughs> just brilliant. Yeah. I, I love when the real world and the Trek world intermix yeah. like mm. that. It just makes me very happy. Yeah. And especially since you're one of my favorites, oh. it made me triply happy. <laughs> triply happy? Triply happy. Triply happy. <laughs> there, I can't even say triply. it right. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, yeah, I I just, was I just. It was just lovely. It was just a sort of, and I wasn't expecting it. And somebody said, oh, you know, like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> So very pleased. If we get my daughter's name on screen next, I think she'll be uh, she'll be she'll be pleased. That would have to be Star Wars, though. She's uh, uh, that's her big thing. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> my, yeah. My younger sister is very much into Star Wars. I mean, she loves Trek too. We've all watched mm-hmm. Trek all our lives. But it, like, she and her husband build droids. I mean, it's yeah. that level right. of fandom. Yeah. And he has he has a fully functioning BB-8. Oh and wow! Just you know, yeah. They do a lot of cosplay and charity and stuff cool. like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think she, yeah, she loves it. She's just the right age for it. So, uh, uh, I, I, you know, the Trek stuff's all very well, but Mummy should really get a Star Wars book. I think. 
working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Star Trek. uh, Star Trek taught me a lot of things that uh, my parents embodied already, but didn't actually necessarily need to say because Star Trek taught it to me. So, and I will always be grateful for the lessons that it has taught me and the things that it has made me think about throughout the years. And to get to talk to someone who's involved in that universe in the books is just, you know, I'm just trying, this whole time, just trying not to, don't be a squeen fan girl, just be oh, professional. Like, you know, just... it's hard time just a squeen fan girl who's, you know, just been lucky and, and been in the right place at the right time and, you know, just got to, got to do this thing. So, uh, you know, it's, and that's why books like Ways to the Stars really mattered to me. And, uh, you know, I get really excited when I, my little girl watched Deep Space Nine and loved Chad Zia and mm. uh, um, got to chat to her, got to chat to Terry at um, Sid City. So, you know, it's um, we're, we're, uh, what makes us want to write the books is that we, we love it and we're, we're all fangirls and fanboys too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could see all my, and... all my Garrick pictures over there. You'd, <laughs> you'd recognize it's something beautiful. very similar to what you have going on behind you. So. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it didn't start out this way. This used to be a variety of things. And then I just, it's very hard to find, especially Beardy Spock fan art. And so I commissioned a lot of it. Oh, wow. Um, so I have a, a lovely young friend in Australia by the name of Macy, who's done mm. a lot of things for me. And I have a wonderful friend in Ireland by the name of Wayne Talbot, who also did some wonderful, mm-hmm. made me cry sort of um uh, artwork for me as well so yeah and then uh, I think at some point my husband was the one who said yeah you should just it's just going to be a wall of Spock now and I'm like oh, idea that's a great idea and this isn't even finished yet yeah. it's not even finished yet yeah. but uh, and and I just wanted to say yes you may have been in the right place at the right time and been lucky and got your foot in the door but your talent and your abilities are what kept you there so yeah uh, there are a lot of people who get that chance and they don't maintain that success whereas you have that's very kind so thank that, you I've, I've, that is a credit to you i've had a lot of fun and i continue to have a lot of fun so uh, i i yeah it's it the stars all aligned i think i i can't quite believe that people pay me to do my hobby <laughs> <laughs> there we go it's always good when that happens i think do the thing you love yeah that's always a great feeling isn't absolutely. it absolutely yeah very much so. Una, I'll give you the chance if there are any other, I think you probably have already mentioned, you know, other kind of projects and things that you've got coming up. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything else that you would like to mention that's sort of coming up in the future, um, please feel free. Definitely look out for the Firefly book. And uh, we have, uh, I have another Picard novel coming uh, next year. Ooh. So people people can look out for that. So that's called Second Self. Uh, it's a Raffi novel. So <gasps> So keep your, yep. <laughs> so uh, keep your eyes keep your eyes peeled for that one, <laughs> and that'll be that'll be next year. But in the meantime, I think people should uh, uh, read Spock and try the recipes at the back and let me know how it goes. Hashtag Spock Speed. <laughs> Spock Speed. <laughs> oh, I'm so. All right, I, I'm I so am there. I'm... Provided they're not horribly mm. complicated. <laughs> no, a, a friend of mine is a, a friend of ours is a is a chef of Michelin starred. And uh, I said, come on, Mark, uh, do, do, do us a recipe. So he went and he's, uh, I, my editor's done it and some friends have done it. And uh, it's really, really straightforward. So, uh, yeah, it's, okay. so, and it's really tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so doing that. So I'm here all week. Try the beans. So gonna do- <laughs> <laughs> we have to go grocery shopping tomorrow. So maybe. Yeah. To the back I'll of the skip ahead. Got mint tulip recipe as well. So uh, oh. I, think should, uh, yeah. I love mint yeah. tulips. So, oh. Toast. Toast uh, Leonard oh. McCoy and uh, eat his uh, his his famous recipe. <laughs> that's excellent. My mother's from the south of oh. the country, so yeah, yeah. that's where mint juleps yep. got their start. And so I love a good mint julep. Oh, well, mm. Yep. Well, these are, there's a recipe for both at the back, so uh, give them a go. Oh, there Beautiful. we go. I'm going to skip to the back, yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been getting into cocktail mixing a little bit recently, um, but I haven't tried a mint julep yet, so, you know, I've got yeah. a recipe to use. Well, there you go. Cool. Yeah. 
And let me, yeah. So definitely give those a go. Definitely, definitely. Excellent. Is that it for us, Nick? I think it might be. Um, Una, thank you so much for for um, coming on to chat My with pleasure. us. My pleasure. This was this was so great. Um, so yeah, for any of the uh, listeners who don't know, would you just like to um, you know let people know uh, where they can find you online, social media, and all that? Yeah, sort of stuff? I'm on Twitter, so at Una McCormack, uh, just my name spelt out, and um, there I'll be I'll be grumping about um, not being able to watch Prodigy and uh, mm. uh, asking when Expanse Series Six is going to turn up and that kind of thing. So uh, all sorts of nonsense. Um, uh, you'll you'll find me there. <laughs> yeah, she's a very good follow, guys. I I speak from experience. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I should uh, spend less time, probably. But <laughs> yeah, me too. But here we are. That's how. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> that's how I keep in touch with all my Trek people. Is Twitter exactly so, that? Exactly that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We need it in these in these lockdown times. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. My my timeline is very carefully curated. <laughs> at this point mm, very so. wise yeah <laughs> very wise yeah did a lot of pruning in there but all right well we, we have our own ending thing to do but we probably will not keep you here for that so <laughs> well thank you guys it's been really nice i'm really uh you've been really kind so uh, uh let me know when it goes online i'll sort of retweet it and, and let folks know it's out oh, there oh, oh. um but thank you for having me oh no thank you so much <laughs> and you. when you if you do get the chance to do that Kira book, you know you're coming back here. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> we we had a two-episode-long love fest about Kira. We were just doing a, wow. a deep character dive. We thought we were just going to do one episode, and we went so long, we had to cut it off. And then we did another <laughs> so much. episode. Yeah. It just, mm, there's so well, much. She's amazing. She is. And Nana's incredible as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know... Um, uh, just great all around. So yeah, if that ever happens, fingers crossed, mm. uh, then I can reass- we can reassemble. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much for My taking pleasure. time out of your Saturday night to do this. Yes. Oh, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. So uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys, and take thank care. You. You thank too. you. Okay, and where's the button? Right. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye bye. Oh, oh, that was so good. Oh my god, she's amazing. I thought I might be like intimidated or anything, but I mean, I know she's not like an intimidating person, but mm. I just thought, you know, because I'm such a huge fan that I would not be able to talk normally. But the minute she came on, we just started talking and it was just like I was talking to a friend. And yeah. It was just wonderful. So, Brandy, whereabouts online and in the universe uh can people find you while you're on your way to the stars (laughs) i see what you did there (laughs) that's delightful (laughs) ah well in in this wide wide universe you can find out everything that i'm up to by going to follow me on twitter at brandywine12 brandy's with the nine 12 is a number and because uh, there are other podcasts that I do about Star Trek, and in fact, uh, one of them is about Strange New Worlds. It's been kind of on a hiatus while my co-host has been trying to move house, and hopefully mm-hmm. we're going to get back to that in the near future. And then I do a Discovery podcast called What the Future Holds that uh, is about Star Trek Discovery, kind of also on hiatus right now, while our third host is music directing a production of Kinky Boots. So we'll get back to that too. And then I do stuff with my husband, Dave, Dark Corner Podcast, where we talk about stuff from a sort of a gothier perspective. And the Unready Room on Friday nights uh, for American viewers. Uh, probably the middle of the night for a lot of the world. <laughs> Tomorrow for some people. <laughs> um, this is with my friend uh, Dan Gunther. It's uh, his his uh, YouTube channel, which is Kurt Ratz Productions. Kurt Ratz is just Star Trek spelled backwards. And sometimes, somewhere, there will be another Infinite Trek episode someday, but I don't know when that will be. <laughs> so, Nick, I'm sure that there are places in this universe and outlying reaches that we can find you. <laughs> All around. Um, you can find me on Twitter at PunkZoologist and on Instagram at PunkRockZoologist um 
lurking slash sometimes posting and commenting in various uh, Facebook, uh, Star Trek and um, uh, ecology meme groups on Facebook. All of my online ecologist friends, most of whom are in the Northern Hemisphere, are really, really obsessed with um, cranberries and frogs right now. Cranberries and frogs? I guess it is just the right season for it. Northern Hemisphere? Yeah, yeah, I get that, but... Okay, cranberry and frogs? <laughs> I mean... Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, ask the admins of uh, wild memes for ecological wild green memes for ecological teens I think is what the page is called okay excellent and there's a lot of people who are very into uh, biology and ecology and posting memes about frogs and insects which is why I'm there perfect there's also another one called uh, entomemology <laughs> Who are constant? Who are it? They are a meme page. They are just for fun, but they are constantly being asked for like IDs and stuff for you know that people have actually found insects and stuff or spiders or whatever in their house. And even though they like on the banner page, they're like, "We are a meme page. Do not come to us for actual like identifications or anything like that." People still do it, and whenever anyone does, everyone's just like, "That's a brown recluse." doesn't matter what it is that's just like stock response is like you came to a meme page to ask for an id and this is what you're going to get i'm going to tell you that that beetle is a brown recluse spider oh my god why can't people read why can't people read ah <laughs> uh, yes but yes that's that's where you can find me online um so, and before we finish up, I wish to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land on which I live and work. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. So, if that is that for today, I guess there's nothing left to say but... Vedic's disassemble! <laughs> <laughs>